We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, episode 88 with Henry Turner. I'm pretty excited about this interview today because we're going to talk about something that is unique to me. And uh, Henry has experience having hiring schools do site visits at the school where they're hiring someone from, which I think is really interesting and would be kind of frustrating to me personally, but I think that it's a neat idea. So Henry's going to talk about what that's been like for the principal that he helped get a job and how to prepare people and get everything ready. So I think that it's a pretty cool idea and I hope that you enjoy it. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones and thank you for listening to Transformative Principle. Welcome to Transformative Principal. Today I'm talking with Henry Turner, who's a principal out in Bedford, Massachusetts. Henry, welcome to the podcast. Dan, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and about your school, and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks, Jethro. Great to be here. So I've been principal at Bedford High School for the last three years, going into year four. Bedford is uh, about 900 students. We're just outside Boston. We're a suburban school. We have students who are who live in Bedford, students who are military dependents, uh, living on Hanscom Air Force Base, and uh, students coming from Boston. So um, we're a, uh, a diverse school with a lot of different students with different interests and different backgrounds, and um, we've done some great work. We're headed into sort of really looking into how we continue to get all students learning at a high level and into a world of connectedness as well as uh, creativity. We've been really doing some some nice work around that. That's cool. Um, one of the things that uh, that I wanted to talk to you about on this was the when you were applying for the principal position, you had a uh, a site visit where they came to your school and and checked it out and and got some information about how you were doing. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I was um, so I was before I was at Bedford High School. I was a housemaster in, in Newton South High School, which is 
which is also just outside of Boston, and actually knew about the process. It's it, it's pretty re- relatively regular around here for principals. When I was in Newton, we had we had, had a new we had a new principal coming in, and during and I was on the interview committee, and so the process was that we had a uh, round of round of interviewees, about ten interviewers, people we interviewed, and then the next steps of the process were having them come and visit the school and having them sort of interview with uh, parents and students and teachers. And then sort of the last round with the finals was meeting with the superintendent and then also a committee going to their school to meet with um, you know, their sometimes students and teachers and, and uh, parents to get a good sort of sense of, of the principal. And then, uh, and then the decision was made. So that was sort of the last part of the round. And so for, for me, it was... It was something I was ex- I was expecting in terms of it, and so uh, so yeah, it was it, it's a, it's just a, sort of a normal part of, of our process. Okay, so something that I had never heard of before, and something that that I thought was kind of amazing on the one hand, and kind of I mean, frankly, I thought it was kind of rude on the other hand. <laughs> so <laughs> let me explain myself a little bit. It seems like it's it's asking a lot to get a bunch of people from a school where you're planning on taking an administrator from and getting them in a room and talking about that person and how they do as a, as a leader in a different school when the other, you know, when you're really taking them away from that school. So anyway, I thought that it was a little presumptuous and not very polite to those people, but you know, after thinking about it, it really makes sense. And I think is probably a good idea to do. And is there, is there any stigma associated with that or is it because it's how it's done? Everybody accepts it. No, I think it's generally accepted. And actually interesting for, well, I've been certainly on the side of, I've been on the side a couple of times for that with principals in, in various schools we also have done it. Um, I've done it as a principal with with teachers going to their their school and asking, you know, and meeting with their principal and with some other colleagues. So I don't know if it's yeah. I don't know if, about rude. I mean, I sort of see it as a nice way of sort of seeing them in their own environment and learning about and learning about the candidate. And actually, my part of my process, I did a site visit to to Bedford, but they were in a rush and so didn't have time to come do a site visit for me. So I actually never. Never happened to me, but I was, you know, I was certainly well prepared for it. I actually also, you know, there is a little bit of a dog and pony show to it as well, though. You know, it's, it's, I mean, the people that when you're asked, and, and this is sort of where we kind of talked a little bit on the Voxer group earlier was, um, when you're, when the school is asking you for some parents and teachers and students to come speak on your behalf, I mean, you're going to reach out to the people who, that you know best and that they know you the best. And, and so, you know, you, I, I don't necessarily know if you're getting uh, a view or 180, uh, 360 view of the individual when you're going there, but you're you're getting a decent sense of of them when you when you go when you go there. Yeah, that uh, that definitely makes sense, and and I can see how the dog and pony show could could exist. And you know, really, all interviews are like that, and you're always trying to put your best foot forward. So I think that's a, an understandable situation. So what are some of your some of your tips for preparing for this kind of a site visit? What kinds of things are are most important for you to do as you prepare for people coming to your school to talk to your coworkers and employees and all that? Well, you know, I, I think the most recent principal 
candidate that I worked with was my assistant principal, um, who is now a principal in another district. She that she went through a couple of interview processes, so we had a couple of teams coming to our school and meet with us. And I think, and just to even go back to your point of, about sort of is it rude? It, I mean, certainly it's time consuming on behalf of the school. I mean, certainly, I think she went through three or four times when she was a finalist, and so you know that was you know a decent amount of time. It's about an hour each time they come. So yeah, it is that's a interesting. Time. But. Anyways, I think the thing that her and I worked on, um, trying to getting her prepared for it was, you know, reaching out to a diverse group of people. And I think that's, you know, any, every time in the interview process, you're telling your, your story. And I think that's how, you know, I think you always want to go through that process from when you first, uh, when they first contact you to invite you for the interview till your, the time when you sign your contract is that you're, you're telling your story. And what are the key things that you wanna you wanna talk about? You know, I think when when I talked about my I could talk about my, myself is that I was talking about my you know passion for working with kids, passion for work wanting to help kids who struggle with school and to help them excel, kids who are disconnected with school, helping them sort of feel more connected to school. And so you know, in thinking about who are who would be the people who would be best to speak on my behalf would be you know a range of kids who were you know disconnected and have grown some kids who you know may be disconnected and still are growing and so i think when i was working with my my assistant principal you know so her similar passion some of our passions you know in addition to sharing mine were sort of connecting girls to sort of higher uh, level classes math classes stuff like that and so she did some work in terms of um, that component brought some students who had some good connections with her around that and also safety was a, you know, something that she was, she was very uh, skillful at. And so she brought in some parents who um, helped us on our task force after Sandy Hook shooting. So she brought them in to talk about how she, you know, she worked with them around that initiative. So, you know, I think, as I said, going, starting when you first get the interview till the end, you're, you're telling your story. And so this is just one, that aspect of it. So you want to be deliberate in who you're choosing. You now I wouldn't just choose someone just because you're friendly with them, but I would choose someone because they, you feel like they can share a, a component of you that is important to you. Um, they can share your passion. They can share your strengths. They can share the work that you've, that you've accomplished. And I think a lot of going to the principalship, at least the high school, I can say is that you're typically have done some level of administrative work prior, um, at least in our area. And so, you know, bringing in a diverse group. But if you're a teacher going into a principalship or going into an assistant principalship and give, asking you this process, you know, I would think about the people who you've worked on on smaller initiatives and on committees that you've worked on. You know, having those teachers or having those students, having those parents come on and speak on your behalf. That's great advice. And and how do you prepare those people for talking about you, especially someone who's not in education, like a, a parent? What what advice do you have for prepping them on the conversation? Yeah, I think, you know, I, my, my experience is that the, the kids do the best job on this. They, you know, while, you know, so long as you have a, you're in a place where the, you're leaving is going to be, you know, people are going to be sad that you're leaving, but happy for you. You know, you're going to get the kids I have found have been just incredible and they, they don't know what the interview process is like. And so they think just sort of being as energetic and, and open as possible is going to help you get the job. And they're right. And so they do an excellent job. 
I think, That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's really cool, and it and I would say it's also like emotional when you when you start hearing the things that people start saying about you and, and you you know sometimes those are the in education sometimes we don't hear in the moment how good of a job we're doing and then it's sometimes like this when you start to hear the impact that you've been making. Yeah, absolutely. So I think with the the parents, you know, I think it's just about you just ask them to talk about the things that you work together on. You know, we the the parents that I've kind of worked with have been um, people who have you know have you know good experience with interviewing, and so they're happy to talk about it, or they they're pretty well connected to school, and so they've you know they can talk about the things that we've worked on. You know, I think if someone's nervous, you just sort of just say you know just be be honest and truthful. You know, it's also it's I think you know you. If someone you don't want to sort of put pressure on someone to say like don't say this or don't say that, just say you know how do you know me? What do you, what's what's the truth? And uh, if they say something that you know maybe could be misinterpreted or could be you know, could be a blemish on you, then you have the opportunity to talk about it. But I think uh, you know you just want to kind of help them relax and realize that this is you know they're not on the hot seat that you're on the hot seat, and that they can just sort of relax and, and talk about you. Yeah, I think that's a, a a good point that they're not the ones on the hot seat, but you are. One of the uh, interesting parts of that that you said is that you get to hear about the impact that you've made from people after they've had some time to think about it. And, you know, one of the things in education is we typically have to wait for a very long time to know about the impact that we're actually having on people. And this one of the real benefits of this system is that it sounds like you get to hear a lot more of that. And I'm sure for your assistant principal who got to hear that a few times, that probably was pretty powerful because she she probably felt really good about that. And then because she wasn't the successful candidate those first few times, she was able to still work with those people. And I'm sure that developed a deeper level of trust and respect and and all that. And so I think that's a really good side effect of this process that I hadn't really thought of before. So I appreciate you pulling that out and sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. I think, you know, we're sometimes we're, you know, we go through the, we're not that we go through the motions, but that we're sort of our, our routines are, you know, taking the challenges that are, we face with every day and we don't necessarily, we're not, ref, not always reflecting. We're not always getting the, the feedback because everyone else is sort of you know, getting through moving through the year at a fast pace as well. So yeah, these are nice times to, to allow you to sort of reflect on what you've done and also realize the impact you've made. And I, you know, I think it's just a larger message to the whole part of the process, which is if you want to, you, you need to find one, you need to be looking for schools where you feel like you can make the same kind of impact and secondly, you want to be able to understand what your strengths are and what you've done well and also what you need to improve on. And those are the things that you talk about in the interview, right? And then those are the things that hopefully will be echoed in the, uh, in the process. So, so I don't know. I think, again, I live in, this, in a world where I guess this is a normal part of our interview process, so it seems very normal. But it, it just seems to me like it's you know just another way for you to be able to tell your story and the story of the school that you're that you're leaving, and also demonstrate to the school that you're going to that this you know, this is what they're going to get, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to make the same kind of connections that uh, you know that you made in the in the previous school. 
Yeah, I think that's that's really important. What are some of the uh, the things that you should avoid when you're when you're doing these when you're having people come to your school for a site visit? What are some things that don't look good or just put you in a in a bad light that you don't want to be in? Um, talk about some of those things that that would be easy to do that you think would be the right thing to do, but actually aren't. Can you think of anything like that? Yeah, I think I think just asking people at the last at the last moment to do this is definitely a a bad move and also not and not being prepared because I think you're one of the other things you're doing in this process is showing your organizational skills which as a you know while we we talk a lot about the principal's job as a leader lead learner another another part of the job is to be a manager and um you know it's a job that is that people don't necessarily praise you when it the management is going well but certainly criticize you when it's not going well. So, True. so I think your your ability in this is to or, to organize this process. So, um, so I what I've sometimes what I've seen is just sort of someone grab a couple people and throw them in a room, you know, kids for example, and just sort of like, you know, say, wait, a minute, I got to grab another couple more kids, and they go to classrooms and start pulling kids. Say, can you interview? Can you help? You know, can you help me do this? Or they ask them, you know, a, a day or two prior and never give any clarity to the process. So I think that, you know, that would just be a bad move and just de- demonstrate sort of your lack of organization and management of the situation. Um, Great I think, points. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think another one would be just finding the rock stars to speak on your behalf. So just finding like the the, the parent association president. Um, or the, you know, in our district, we have, you know, an economic, you know, relatively economically diverse, uh, population. So just finding like your rich families or, um, your most engaged teachers or the teachers who volunteer for every committee or the students who are like the, you know, the president of the senior class. I think if you just, if you just find that, you're going to give an impression that you're, you know, that you're only willing to be the leader for, a percentage of the school and not for the whole school. So, you know, I think we, we constantly talk about representation in our committees and trying to f- make sure that the diversity of our school is, is, or, you know, is reflected on the committees that we choose. So I think when you're selecting students, parents, teachers, you know, trying to find that, that diverse group. And I think, you know, sometimes the risks are that there may be teachers who, are a little bit more critical or parents who are a little more critical or students who may not be as polished in terms of their speaking. But I, I think you're, you're making a mistake if you just sort of get these people who are the most passionate, most engaged in the, in the community. Yeah, that is good advice. Would it ever make sense to, to invite someone that is uh, not really a big fan of you to, to give, I don't know, some examples of how you guys don't get along, but you still get the work done? It's <laughs> a, a good question. I think, you know, I think you're, you got to be careful. In some ways, you got to be careful with that, right? I think it's a fine line of who the person is. I think, you know, I think when we just make black and white the people who are fans of you and the people who are not, you're, Sure. Not looking at sort of the, the complexity of it. So I think yes, if there's a if there's a person who's outwardly just going to kind of bash you, then no, I don't think that's the right person to choose. But I'll, but on the other hand, you know, you know what we we've sometimes seen is sometimes committees get set up 
where they want the person to leave so badly that they say nothing but nice things about them <laughs> also. So that's, I don't know if, uh, how badly that will work out, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, I think tr- finding someone who may disagree with you, I think that was your larger question. Someone who right. may disagree right. with you on some things is, could be extremely powerful. And I also, you know, I also think at least sort of the story that I, I've tried to tell about myself is that, that I may, may support an unpopular decision if it's going to help kids. And so there may be a group that may be upset by something if it, you know, if it upsets, if it uh, helps a population of students. So, you know, I think when you're trying to close achievement gap, you sometimes are talking about making decisions that are going to help a disconnected group of students. And that may have a larger impact on, on another population of of teachers or, or or parents, and so trying to so sometimes you have to make the unpopular decision as the principal, and so I think sometimes finding someone who disagrees with you may demonstrate that you are willing to do that. If you're just someone who's just gonna, you know, if you're entering a school district, I'm just thinking of a district where there's tension between the parents and the teachers, and you know, teachers say, oh yeah, he does whatever we say, or we you know we agree with everything he does. Then you may, you know, it may not tell the whole story. One, but it also uh, may hurt you in the interview when, because it, it's just a sense that you're just gonna, you know, not listen to parents and just make a decision that is in the best interest of of, of teachers and not kids. Yeah, I I hear you. I had a I personally had an experience with that a little while ago where I, uh, uh, we made some decisions and the a teacher in particular was like, this is not good. And, and she actually came and said, you know, I, I don't think that's a good idea. And, you know, it was one of those where it wasn't very popular, but it was what was best for kids. And eventually she came around and said, you know, I didn't really like that idea, but I see now how beneficial it was. And I'm glad that we did it. And even though I, I didn't like it and I still don't like that we're doing it. I see how it's beneficial. And that was like the best compliment that I, that I could get. And that felt great because it was like, that's right. That's what we're doing this for. We're not doing it for us. We're not trying to make our adults lives easy. We're trying to make life good for the kids and serve them. And, you know, it was, it was really awesome to hear her say that and um, really, really made me know that she was definitely in it for the right reasons, you know? And I, I think that's what you're, what you're saying. You want to communicate to the, to the interview committee is that you're, you're willing to do those things and that you're able to do those things. And, you know, you want to have people that can attest to that also. Right. Amen to that, man. I mean, I think you're, you, things you really want people to say about you is that you're that one, that you're a candid you know, that you're, you're a trustworthy person that's going to speak the truth even when they may disagree with it, that you're compassionate, that you care about kids. I think those are the kinds of things that you want to say. And so you may, it may be someone, like you just said, who disagrees with you and ultimately sees that, you know, you were doing it because you care about kids. Wow, that's a powerful story for someone to tell that you can't really articulate as well when you're talking about yourself, you know? Absolutely, so, yeah. To have someone talk, say that about you is just, you know, is extremely powerful, you know, and certainly if I was on the committee, that, that to me would say, well, I'm sold. This is the person I want. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, you just want to, you, it goes to the point that you want to be careful with who you're choosing 
And, you know, I also think that the person who has, you know, an axe to grind because you had to, you know, because they're, you know, whatever, you know, something happened and then this is going to be their way to get back at you, then, you know, that's, you certainly don't want to choose, ask a person to do that. But if it's a person sure. who you feel like you've had a good, you know, you've had some disagreements with, but they, they do, you know, they recognize, you know, your care for kids. And I think there's a reason why we all get into this business. It's because we care about kids. So, you know, you just got to be able to find the people who can, who can support that part of the, the story for you. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the things that you tell people? How do you approach it with people that you're going to have as part of the part of your committee? What what kinds of things do you say to them and to prepare them for it? You touched on it a little bit earlier, but I'd like a little bit more information about what you suggest. Yeah, I think, um, you know, at this point, it should be I think that that becomes one of the questions that we that we were talking about earlier was, when do you when do you announce it to your community that you're, that you're leaving? And so, yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you definitely want to, it needs to be out in the open before you, before you go and do that. So I would, my sense is that when you're a finalist, at least where we are, if you're a finalist, it's going to be, it's public, it's public knowledge. So that's when you would want to tell your community. And so, you know, when I left, when I left Newton, I wrote an email and, and let people know that I was a finalist and, you know, what I loved about Newton and, you know, why I thought this was a, was a good fit for me that, uh, you know, and, and if you do it in a respectful manner, I got a lot of, a lot of really nice compliments in that way. Now I know some other folks who have left as a, you know, principal going to another principalship and, you know, there's a lot more hurt, you know, hurt feelings. I was going from an assistant principal to a principal, so that it kind of made sense for a lot of people. But for some people, where they've gone from a principalship to another principalship, that you know, you got to you may want to just sort of be able to articulate in a way that it can be supportive, but also recognize some people may be hurt, hurt by your 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 notice. But then once it's out there, you know, then you want to let people know that this is the process that they've asked for a few people to speak on my behalf, and that. I'd like you to, would you, would you be interested in speaking about me? And these are the things that you and I have, that I feel like you and I have done. I and mean, I think that's the way to sort of frame why you're asking them is, you know, you and you were on my school council and we are our school council and we, you know, we kind of did some really good work around achievement gap or around our implementing, you know, our, our iPad initiative or whatever the, whatever it is. And I think, sort of framing it for kids. It's, you know, you and I have had, you know, I've had, you know, I've had a lot of good conversations about your growth and about things that you've done. And I've seen you make incredible progress over the last couple of years. So I think just sort of framing it and telling them why you're asking them would be crucial in terms of, uh, in terms of that. And I think just being respectful and, and, and thanking them. I think that's a part of the organization as well as, you know, writing the thank you notes afterwards to each of the, each of the people for doing it. You know, we what I what we did with my assistant principal when she went through this process was, you know, getting getting some nice break, you know, a little breakfast and coffee there for people, and you know, kind of doing the setup. But I think preparation is is, is sort of everything in this process. Yeah, absolutely. And have you ever had people that have declined to participate in it that say I'm not comfortable or that's scary to me or I wouldn't know what to say or I don't think I'd be able to say good things? Have you ever had those kinds of 
declines? No, I, I haven't. I haven't seen that. And again, I've so I've done it with. Um, I've done. I've been a part of search committees where we've gone to sites. So I so I don't know if that has happened there. I have seen some visits where there are people who clearly were uncomfortable in speaking about the person because they were upset that they were leaving. But internally, I've I've never seen. I think we were pretty deliberate. Particularly, my assistant principal were pretty deliberate in who who for her to ask uh, to be on the committee. Okay. Well, that certainly makes sense. I appreciate all this, uh, this information you shared about this topic. It was fascinating to me and I appreciate you taking the time to share it with me. So thanks. Great. Thanks, Jethro. That was a great interview and I hope you learned something new from it. Next week, I'm going to continue interviewing uh, Henry Turner and we're going to talk a little bit more about the iPad initiative that he's doing and talking about how he's closing the achievement gap in his school. I uh, hope you enjoy it and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. If you could do me a favor before we go, I've got a survey in the show notes on this at transformativeprinciple.org. If you could take a second to just you know, tap the picture on your phone and uh, fill out that survey. It asks you, what's the one thing that you are really struggling with the most as a leader right now? If you could answer that one question for me, I'd really appreciate it. And it'll help me find guests that will help you be better at what you're doing. Thanks so much. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.